This is the Blended Creole Podcast, where we discuss two lives, Southern and Haitian roots. Join us as we talk about family, investing, and seeing the world. While learning about how we tackled blending our lives, from our finances and redefining our relationship with debt, to our Insta family. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm Liz. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Jay. And this is episode 11, and we're going to talk about one of the business ventures, Lessons Learned. Um, So we've spoken about how we've both um, went down other entrepreneurship roads uh, in the past, and we think it's just helpful to share, you know, what had we tried in the past, what didn't work. Um, and what we learned from that and why we actually uh, chose that particular route at that point in our lives. And so I think this is more, uh, this episode is focused on Jay's trucking route, which was something he did when we first got together. So Jay, why don't you tell them a little bit of background on the trucking route? Well, well, um, my overall background is a logistics background um, with the military and uh, with my civilian working career. Um, so while I was in the military, I was uh, actually working in New York City and getting um, getting a lot of uh, trucks coming into um, where I was working. And it was a lot of movement going on of the military uh, supplies uh, back and forth to wherever they were going all, all throughout the United States. Um, I never I know I didn't know any truck drivers or anything like that. But it, my with my experience um, working there. Um, I just saw the amount of uh, the, with the, I just saw the frequency that they were coming in and out of um, essentially my um, my hub and the the bills of lading that they were receiving, meaning the actual money that they were that they were um, receiving for just moving simple supplies, uh, military supplies from um, from New York to or let's say going to California. I remember one uh, bill of lading that I saw. Meaning one one receipt that I saw was a uh, some guy was moving um, a pallet was he was moving like a one of our military vehicles from um, from New York to California where we were getting ready to do a training. I mean, just for one vehicle, he was getting uh, thirteen dollars thirteen thousand dollars for that move. Um, so once I saw that, I was I, don't know, I thought to myself and I started talking to the truck drivers. I'm just getting intimate details about um, how they how they got into the business, um, some of the headaches with the business. Um, how they even started working with the government and how they got contracts established. Um, so I decided, you know, I started thinking, putting a plan together for a, a, a truck route. Um, the the truck route that I actually got was a FedEx route. And um, once, as I did my research, I realized that, you know, there's different, there's different ways to approach uh, getting a truck. You could actually be the driver. You can actually just get a contract and hire a driver. Um, or you know you can be you can be what they call a, a owner operator where you you own your truck and then um, you dispatching and, and pick up your own loads by yourself. Um, and because I liked my career and I like my what I was doing on the civilian side, I wanted to keep doing that and, and truck driving. Getting a driving a driving a truck is not something that I wanted to do. Um, so I decided you know I would be I would be the owner of a truck and, and hire a driver. Um, so that's how I started. That that's exactly how I started. 
Okay, so what, uh, I guess you already really talked about what made you try that route of entrepreneurship, um, seeing that the amount of money people were getting to do it um, in your background. So tell us a little bit about, so essentially there's, I think, what, three major shipping companies, so UPS, FedEx, and DHL. So we won't go into which company you got a route with. But I, already, I think I already mentioned it. Oh, but did yeah, you? I, yeah, oh, well, okay, fine. <laughs> it was FedEx. So you yeah. got a FedEx route. Um, so how easy is it for someone to secure a FedEx route? Um, it's actually do it? so it's with FedEx, right? This it works uh, a couple of ways. They have um, what they call long haul routes. So long haul routes is your typical eighteen foot tractors, tractor trailers that you see on on the road, and they long haul exactly what it is. Long haul, you can go state uh state to state nationwide and you haul their um you you essentially haul their their packages from from hub to hub um they also have the uh the the other trucks the trucks that that regular individuals see that come to your house that deliver those packages those are actually um individual individual independent contractors for fedex as well for those that i mean most people don't know those are just simple white trucks and um, the owners purchase those trucks and FedEx just paints their label on them. And those are individually owner operated. Um, some some of the drivers may own that truck, but mostly um, it, they work for uh, a businessman, a business person like myself. And they're hired and, and they work at a FedEx at a FedEx hub and they, they make your deliveries on a daily basis. So I had a long and they also have um, a fr- uh, FedEx freight um, expedited freight, which is like your overnight your overnight mail and those are they, those are a, a specific truck that FedEx required my long haul route was a it was an 18 wheeler and I had a route from um, Maryland uh, the hub in Maryland that would go up to the hub in Woodbridge New Jersey um, on a nightly basis five days a week um, so th- th- that's that's the specifics on that um, it was it was it was relatively easy so there's two ways you can get in you can actually buy a route um, when you know there's individual there's individual brokers that sell um, essentially you're buying a business somebody has already ex- established the FedEx the established their FedEx route and they're you know and they may be tired of it and they just want to get rid of it um, or they may have too many routes on their plate and, you know they want to sell that specific route so there's different ways to get in um, the way I should have gotten in was dealing directly through FedEx because that's the free that's the free route it takes a little it takes a little bit of time. Um, so then that was one of my mistakes and, and not, you know, was, was kind of rushing into the business. I went out and bought a route, but I could have actually waited for FedEx to open up a route and I would have been able to um, just bid for that, just bid for that route. And, and they're, they're constantly looking for um, individuals that want to, you know, that want to take on new routes because, as you know, logistics is always expanding and, you know, there's always a need to get things to where they need to go at faster. Um, so two ways to get in you can either actually go ahead and buy a route and somewhere you can you know people advertise on places like routebrokers.com you can buy a route or you can wait and you can deal with a fedex representative and and, and they'll they'll publish a route that that may open up um those again those are very difficult because you know routes don't necessarily open up where you are a route can open up but it may it may be in arkansas in arkansas somewhere um, and I was looking for a route specifically within the the Maryland, the Maryland, uh, New Jersey area. So, how much did it cost you to buy someone's route? So, the individual I bought, I bought the route for fifty thousand dollars, and I bought his truck to go along with that route for another twenty five thousand. So, all in, I was in, I was in seventy five thousand dollars, seventy five thousand. So, how I financed that was, uh, 
we've, we've talked about credit on this on this podcast um, I was able to have a uh, decent credit um, I established uh, an incorporation it wasn't an LLC I established an S corporation um, and then I what was that what was I saying you were saying you established the S corporation I just wanted anyone out there who was listening oh. <laughs> to understand why you didn't do an LLC compared to S corporation no, I would have done an LLC the main reason I didn't do the LLC is because uh, FedEx specifically um, because they were dealing with a lot of LLCs not filing their taxes. So if you have an LLC and you work for, for FedEx, they would give you a 1099, which is a, a form that they say that they would pay you. But a lot of those um, 1099s would not be filed because those individual um, entities would not file their taxes. So essentially you get a 1099, you're supposed to, as a business, pay your taxes from the 1099, but a lot of people you know, don't save for the taxes and don't pay those business taxes. Um, so with an incorporation, you have to file um, so you have to pay your taxes, and um, that that was that saved a bunch, a bunch of headache for FedEx. So going, for, I think this started in like 2016 or 2017, where they said, you know, where you have to be a you can't be an LLC to work for FedEx any longer. You have to be either an S corporation or a C corporation. So again, back to buying the route. Um, the guy I bought I bought the route from. His 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 story was that he was, um, you know, he had two daughters at home. He wanted to be at home a little more. Um, he wanted to be home at night, and the route, the route specifically that I bought was 5 p.m. to um, 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, so he wanted to be at at home at night with his daughter. So you know he was tired of the truck driving, and you know I I, I assume he was honest. He was um you know he he sold me a pretty good truck. He sold me a very very good route. Um, hindsight being 2020, that was probably one of the best routes that. that you know, now that I talk to truck to, to truck drivers and, and I have a family member that's in the truck driving business, it was a phenomenal route. So I mean, I got pretty lucky. Uh, with and that. the route was from basically Maryland to. So it was a, it was a two it was a route from Maryland to New Jersey and it had to be done at five p started at five p.m. and then it ended at five a.m. in the morning. So for everyone out there trying to like calculate the hours of the time, that includes driving from Maryland up to New Jersey to get whatever items you have and making it back down to Maryland. So that includes the loading time as well. So we all realize, I guess, for most of us, it takes, what, like four hours or so to get up to? Yeah, it takes about three and a half, uh, four hours to get from Maryland to New Jersey. So this is what happened, right? So you you would get to the FedEx hub at 5 5 p.m. At 5 p.m., they have a... And I was hauling doubles for those that know truck drivers. They're singles and doubles. Doubles are the two trailers that you see a truck pulling. Um, you would have two trailers ready to, for you to go at 5 at five p.m. as soon as you get there or being loaded as you go. You can't leave the hub till 6 o'clock. At 6 o'clock, you leave, and you, we would make two stops from that, that hub to um, a, t- a town in Maryland called Jessup. That was about 30 minutes away. You take those two trailers. You drop them off at Jessup. You pick up another two trailers at Jessup, and then you bring it back to the two empty trailers at Jessup, and you bring it back to um, the hub. So at the hub, they're filling essentially all the items that need to be delivered in New Jersey um, for that next day. So that second driver, the second uh, run can't leave until I believe it was 8 or 9 o'clock at night. That run lead, they fill up all the all the mail and all the packages that need to be moved to New Jersey that night, and then um, and same thing simultaneously is happening in New Jersey. So you fill up everything that in Maryland that needs to be taken in New Jersey. That those two trailers, 
they get on the road starting i believe it was eight o'clock and eight or nine o'clock at night they get on the road up to up to new jersey they had to be in woodbridge new jersey by one one a.m one a.m it's a huge lot of trailers and you have to in your and there are serial numbers on each trailer you have to find your two trailers that need to come back to maryland so as they're filling as those two trailers were being filled up in maryland there's two trailers in New Jersey being filled up with all the packages and everything that needs to be taken down to Maryland, particularly the Maryland, Virginia, D.C. area. You go up to Maryland, you need to, be, you need to get up to New Jersey, you need to be there about 1 o'clock. 2 o'clock, you need to leave New Jersey, you need to leave New Jersey and be back on the road, say, so be back to Maryland by 5. Back to Maryland at 5, my, my truck driver's done. Once he's done, the, you know, the, the packages are still being sorted. And now those individual trucks that you guys see on the road that for FedEx, those guys start at 5.30 a.m. filling those trucks up. And they need to be out by 6 o'clock to get your FedEx packages delivered to, to your home. So that's how that that supply chain that supply chain works. And, and so part of Jay's uh, understanding the process was you did a couple of route runs with your drivers. And part of me understand, understanding the process was that, you know, I was doing this sort of logistics um, for my civilian career. So my thinking was that this was this was easy, simple money. Um, I didn't. Is there I, ever easy, simple no, money? There's nothing. Is that something we've learned through nothing, the years? There was nothing, nothing there's easy. No easy about money. This. Uh, it, 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 like I said, it was it was a great experience, but I took I took a lot of things for granted with with that business. Uh, yeah, like you're saying, there is no such thing as, as easy money. But because I was doing it, I was doing it on the back end, and I was essentially just signing paperwork and getting getting the deliveries. And, and I thought I had a good understanding of the process, which I, I think I, did, I had a good grasp on it. But the intricate details of it, I was totally clueless about. Um, so what went right for you with that business venture? Oh, what went right? I th- a couple of things went right. Establishing the business. Um, the way I was doing the taxes for the business, and we'll get into my tax, my horrible tax audit. Um, uh, what else went right? The way I financed the business went that, that went pretty smooth. Um, hence why I made the comment on a previous podcast that you know getting money is the least of my worries. Um, the way I financed it went right. The way acquiring the business went right. You know, I negotiated a pretty, a pretty solid, um, pretty solid, a pretty solid deal as far as it get, being able to make my money back. Uh, with plus with the amount of money that I was getting from FedEx, um, and overall the the money was really good with that with that deal. I mean, um, I was essentially making thirty three hundred dollars a week with FedEx. Not not every two weeks, not a month, like like clockwork. Thirty three hundred dollars a week um, with that route. So and what ultimately went wrong? Why aren't you in this? trucking business anymore oh man a lot went wrong um one uh one thing i learned and you i watch a lot of shark tank is that you never get into a business that you don't um that you don't fully understand um and that you can't do yourself so the main thing i would say was i should have got my cdl license i should have been able to get behind that wheel and drive myself um I think that would have been very beneficial to understanding the understanding the equipment, understanding the requirements for um, understanding the requirements for that that drivers had. I didn't have a good grasp on that. So, with that said, you leave you leave yourself open to um, you leave yourself open to anything that a driver says, right? So, if he tells you that you know he needs to take a break because um, 
he can't be on the road for eight hours straight. You know, you if you not if you don't know understand the regulation that the regulation is ten hours and not eight hours, you know, you get screwed out of two hours and essentially you still end up paying that driver for two hours of unworked time and you miss your you miss your actually your, your hit time, your delivery time for, for the contract. Um what happens if you miss that hit time? I mean, they only FedEx only gives you two two three chances i think three i got strikes the, and you're out i think i got the third chance really because they they like the way i did business but you know it's usually you one or two strikes and then um yeah, you, looking you, for you someone lose, else you lose the contract and even people and the people that are already in the system they're ready for you know a new route yeah they're ready for a new route to make more money could you if you imagine if you had two routes you're making six thousand sixty six thousand dollars a week six six hundred dollars a week um, and is that after or before you pay your driver that was that was after I paid my driver. So how much were you paying the driver? Uh, negotiated salary was $70,000 a year plus benefits. So I had, I had established a payroll. Um, I had established benefits, um, health health, and uh, dental insurance. I even established a 401k. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, he was, he was, for truck driving, he was getting paid pretty well. So essentially, though, the thirty three hundred a week is what you were pocketing. That was profit. So how much were you actually getting prior to paying yourself, paying the driver, and all his benefits um, from the, the route? The total was about and and fuel and everything with all of the expenses. My operating costs were about uh, nine thousand dollars a week. Okay, nine thousand dollars a week. So that before I started, you know, it was. It was typically what I was expecting, right? Uh, because I saw the the bills of lading from um, the previous logistics experience. It's exactly what I was expecting. It was and it was better than I could have anticipated. Because um, when you see that, you you think you have a lot of operating costs, but um, once you pay for, you know, because I finance correctly, you know, you pay for the business, you you pay for the truck. I think I've, I've had paid for the truck outright, so I was only financing you know, fifty thousand dollars and. And based on my credit and the type of loan that I got, it was a personal loan, and my my expenses there were only about eight hundred dollars a month. Um, uh, the fuel, the fuel was a uh, the fuel surcharge was paid by FedEx. So any fuel that I, you know, they gave you a fuel card. Anytime you use a fuel card, that money was reimbursed back to you. So that was an additional payment. Um, and then his salary. The most expensive thing was establishing workman's comp. And, you know, for those that, had, that that's never established a business and because that type of business, I had to establish a workman's compensation for that employee. And that is very expensive. So how much that was about nine hundred dollars a month. You know, that was that was a big price tag off my monthly operating income. And I tried to and I tried to uh, shrink that as much as I could. But that, you know pretty standard though standard and inevitable with that type of business just in case in case somebody Something ever happens. got hurt that's a huge liability then you have truck insurance you have um, um getting your titles and tags but again the good thing with fedex like they take care of of all of that so they pay you handsomely and they take care of a lot of the um a lot of the operating expenses but you know the pressure of having to be on their time act when they say you need to be back at that facility at five o'clock they don't care about traffic. They don't care about you being pulled over. They don't care about your driver being tired. Um, they want you at that facility at 5 p.m. They want you back at 5 a.m. Which makes sense because it's dependent on ensuring that the street delivers can get out with absolutely. what they have and they meet those deadlines. Absolutely. So those tracking orders that you see you know, when, <laughs> you, when you got a FedEx package, those tracking numbers, you know, they, they start 
while you're sleeping. And if you're, you know, if somebody, like, for instance, when I missed my run, um, it threw off the entire supply chain for the whole day. So I could imagine somebody um, thinking they're getting a package today. And for whatever reason, you check your tracking label. It says, nah, it's not coming today. It's coming coming tomorrow. Yeah, because what happens with that street delivery truck? If you don't make it there for their shipment of stuff that they need to deliver, what do they do that day? So what what happens with FedEx? They're leaving. Like they're gonna. So you're not the only one yeah. with all the packages, and they'll and at least still have something. They'll have something, but not the it, packages it may not be that your were package. supposed to be. Correct. Um, on that truck. So yeah, that what ha- that that delay just again it delays the whole supply chain. You won't get your package. A business won't get their package. Um, and then just imagine you how I think everybody's been there where they've been working and waiting on an important document, especially think, now with the pandemic. Exactly, and you think FedEx is gonna. Um, you try. You're expecting the package to come today. You check in the tracking label. You check in, check in the tracker, and you find out. Nah, it's it won't still be there tomorrow. on route. So, you know, <laughs> if it's a, if it's something that's minimal, it's not a big deal. But you know, it could. Some people get tons of crazy, like not crazy things, really important stuff. I know, we had a friend who was waiting on medication that's like only delivered by FedEx because it was refrigerated mm-hmm. and it was one of those overnight deliveries. And especially now with the pandemic of, you know, everyone is shipping a lot more things than what we used to, that even a snowstorm can throw things yep. off. All those unexpected things where, you know, you can't wait. And think about a business, right? Like if you, you, got, you got supplies coming in um, through FedEx. And now all of a sudden they can't come in. You know, yeah. it, it it changes a lot. I mean, those those truck drivers they make a lot of money for a reason. It's, right. it's important work and um, very vital to the economy. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why you know, during, especially during the pandemic, you you notice that you know trucks are always it's still on the road. Like you can't stop stuff getting to where it needs, it needs to be. Needs to go, um, regardless of a pandemic or not. So, um, yeah, I think those are some of the things that that went that went um, fairly well. Um, set the, the setup of the business went well. I, I definitely took my time with that, and to me, because I was I was always scared of the IRS, right? Making sure that you know taxes were paid, and that's why I went through the whole hassle of setting up a setting up a payroll and setting up actual deductions, because I didn't want to be responsible for for that. You know, the payroll paying paying a payroll company twenty five dollars a week to to send out um, to pay your taxes for you to send out an actual check to an employee. Similar to a property manager, there's certain things that it makes sense. The cost of hiring a payroll company makes more sense than you trying to tackle it yourself if that's not your... Exactly. It's not not my expertise. Could I have done it? Possibly, but no. I mean, sending out an employee W-2, having to calculate those taxes, why I have to go through that headache? And again, the expense to pay to have that payroll company set up was $25. uh, I think it was was $25 a week. so, which you can essentially write off, correct? I wrote, I wrote off, I wrote off everything as a business expense. So, I wrote off everything. I mean, even yeah. So, I, what went wrong? What happened? Oh man! Why so, aren't you in the trucking business today? I think this was a um, what do they call it? A, a omen. The, for the first, my first day, I remember I got there. I had my driver hired, um, and I also took for granted how difficult it is to find a reliable driver. But we'll, we'll get into that. The first day I got, I got, you know, I got to the route um, and my driver bailed on me the first day. The first guy I hired, I get there. Um, I'm there at, you know, I went to work that morning. I'm there at four. I got there at 430 because it wasn't too far from where I was working. Got there at 430 and at five o'clock shows up. He just, he didn't show up. 
5.30 shows up. He doesn't show up. 6 o'clock shows up. And I'm calling this guy, um, and he's not, you know, not picking up the phone. Um, nowhere to be found. Um, by 7 o'clock, 7, 8 o'clock, he finally calls me back. He said, uh, he tells me he doesn't want to work for, he doesn't want to work for me anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, that that sucks. The contract is already, now, my time, my time has started. Like, there's no, you, you got to give me a week or anything like that. There's nothing, you yeah. know, there's nothing you can, your, your contract has started and you need to start making these deliveries today. So I'm looking at the the huge lot and my two truck, my two trailers are the only ones that haven't pulled off the lot. And hence where, where it starts, hence where, where I mentioned that you, we need, I should have had a CDL myself. Yeah, I just came from work. Would have would it have sucked to drive another ten hours, um, and then have to go back to work the next morning? I probably would have just called off that next morning. But not having the option to be able to drive it myself, that that ultimately screwed me at the end. And again, that, that being my first day experience, yeah, that, that was that was I learned that lesson immediately. Like the first thing that popped into my head was, yeah, you should have. You should have probably got your CDL. And I had the opportunity to get my CDL. That's the worst part. I mean, um, I was on active duty military a couple of years before, and there was a program where they were just giving you a CDL for free. All you <laughs> had to do, all you had to do was go ahead and, you know, take the classes and, and, and they would pay for it as a as an additional training uh, with the military. But at that point, did you even know you were considering? Were you considering thinking about going down commercial trucking? I, I didn't know I was considering. I didn't, I wasn't really considering it, but the opportunity was there. You know, I say that to say the opportunity was there. Um, and it was there like right in front of me. You know, I had somebody that was already a CDL, the HDL driver was like, you know, if you want to do it, you should just do it. It's not, you know, I can teach you on the side. Like, it, the op- so, Looking in hindsight, looking back, I probably should have took advantage. Taking more opportunities. Take advantage of that. And if I would have, you know, I wouldn't have been stuck looking at a big old FedEx warehouse at eight o'clock at night, wishing I could have got on the road myself and and push and push those trailers out. Um, so yeah, and hiring the hiring process for the driver. After that driver quit, of course, I didn't want to go back to him. So um, now the now it's it's picking the. It's picking a backup driver. That's when I realized I need to have a backup driver and um, to find another full-time driver. I was thankfully able to find another one um, the by the next day. But his experience, he said he had experience. Definitely did not. Um, uh, I think it's another part of understanding and, and doing my own research. And if I, if I would have known how to drive, right, and I would have known that he did, had no idea what he was talking about when he once he got behind the wheel. Um, he first he said he could have he he knew he understood how to drive doubles, the trailer with the the truck with the two trailers at the back, but he really only knew how to drive uh, singles. Hey, he his doubles experience. He had doubles on his endorsement on his license, but it was limited. He had no experience actually doing it. So his first time getting out that that next day, he had to pull the trucks. He had to pull the trailers one by one. So we lost time that time doing that way. He got there. He got there at five o'clock. Thankfully, he was on time. He got there at five o'clock, and he didn't know how to hook up the second trailer, because um, it's it's ways to maneuver with the trailer being on a truck that it's not. It just it just won't be. The when you reverse, it, it just not. It's not like reversing with the with the vehicle. It's it's totally different with the with the tractor trailer. So he you know he almost essentially crashed the second trailer. He would tell FedEx came out. I was like, you know what? Just take one at a time and <laughs> come back. So we lost, we lost an hour on our route going back up from, um, Jessup. From, from Jessup. So, you know, he, again, 
if I had that experience myself, I would I would have known when somebody was bullshit. I mean, a seventy thousand dollars, a sixty seventy thousand dollars salary looks good to a lot of people, especially if you haven't been making that much in that industry. So, um, you know, he he was looking for a job, and he was desperate for a job, and I was desperate for a driver. So that made for a, a perfect storm. Um, but yeah, that, that's a couple of things that went terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. Eventually, he finally got got a handle of it um, after going after find after interviewing. I think like seven drivers. I even went as far as um, going to uh, a driving school to have individuals, um, to have individuals that are just getting out, um, putting them on the road and, and paying them that salary. But uh, yeah, eventually I finally got one driver, and it lasted for about three, four months. Finally got that one driver, and and things were, you know, and things were on on and pushing. So what do you feel like your greatest lessons learned were from this entrepreneurship endeavor? Um, the greatest lesson learned was, you know, have it, understand whatever business you're getting into, you make sure you understand it and you dive into it. If you don't understand the business, um, don't get into it. Um, I think that's the that's the greatest lesson. Um, the lessons of relationships, um, you know, those FedEx people were very, very, very gracious. And I think it was my approach to to how you know, when I started working with them, my approach with them. So I, you know, just cultivating relationships because they probably should have kicked me out of there a long time ago. Um, but you know, me having me doing that for three, four months, um, you know, it was, it was very, very lucrative while I was doing it. Um, and, and they allowed, they, I remember her name was Tracy. She, they allowed me to make a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. So, um, just cultivating good relationships and, and being able to, you know, being able to pivot when you, when necessary. I mean, because things are gonna happen, um, and and it sucks because you know you talk about the business now and everybody's like, oh, you were making that much money. I wish you knew. You know, I wish I would have drove for you. All this other stuff, and it's like <laughs> a lot of wishes of how people could or want to step yeah, up to help out. Um, but again, nothing nothing beats you um, doing it yourself, knowing how to do it yourself, and handling it yourself, because. At the end of the day, you are all you have. So you want to make sure that, you know, you understand all the intricate details. If you want to operate that type of business, you're able to drive yourself. And I should have known that, too, because, like, you know, my father was my father owned a, a taxi cab medallion. Right. So and he drove himself. And, you know, when I guess our family's in that situation now, we still have the medallion It's still still bringing in a, a, a certain amount of money every week. But, you know, we have we're not driving ourselves. So, you know, I could have learned a lot of lessons just from that type of business because it's just it's the same essentially the same business but on steroids right right um so and you don't have to have a cdl which is something totally you know correct yeah no unique and not everyone has it so looking back at this experience and you know all things aside as far as our efforts with uh, real estate which we feel firmly is where we're laying our hat as far as far as passive income would you see yourself if the right opportunity came about considering going down uh the trucking route again could you um, see yourself doing it potentially um and i say that because um i know the trucking business is can be very lucrative i've i've witnessed it myself and i'm witnessing it now with a family member that has his own truck has a cdl and and i kind of and i guided him to do it that way because you know the FedEx route again that makes a lot of money, but you can make a lot of money just doing it yourself and not having to get a FedEx contract. And he is making a killing. Um, but again, that having 
trusting and, and finding a driver, finding good help is very hard to find. Um, you, you, a lot of people, a lot of people hear that saying in other industries, but it really, really is hard finding, finding additional drivers. And he's actually going through that now. Like he drives his truck and he's thinking about expanding, but his main issue is trying to find a driver. You're never going to find somebody that's going to work as hard as you. Um, it's always impossible. Um, but yeah, even though he's making a lot of money, um, he would like to expand, but I told, I, I've told him and, and he's already realized that, you know, he needs to stick to what he's doing because if you do put another driver on out there, it messes up your entire operation. Like you, you have a good flow. And if somebody is not going to work as hard as you and you can't pick that quality out, you know, you might, you might just, just, yeah. just stick with it. So, and I say potentially only because if, if for God forbid, if, if something happened with his truck and he would want to work for me, which he definitely wouldn't at this point because <laughs> he's making so much money. Um, but yeah, he would, he would be the only person that I would, yeah, I would trust to do that. Number one, he's family, and that could be a sticky situation. Yeah, we know but, that. Um, but yeah, he his type of work ethic and his type of drive, that's that's somebody I would you know I would entrust to to operate that way. Because I mean, three thousand thirty three hundred dollars a week is nothing to sneeze at. Like that's and that was in addition to what I was you know in my civilian career. So um, plus what I was making in the military. So you can only imagine the, those three weeks. I mean, those three months were. Um, very very it was a good three months let's say that and then um the tax benefits that came with the the, the business as well um you can't really you know you can't you can't you frown on that so yeah would i do it again Poten- potentially if you found the right driver and now knowing that you need to have a reliable driver uh all that good stuff yeah the scrutiny that i would put on that driver would be intense i mean it would be and you have your cdl so you could pick up the route. In case yeah, I would definitely, have, I would definitely get my CDL, and then that's the reason. That's that's why I say potentially. Like, that's one thing I, I'm not interested in doing. I've never been interested in getting behind a truck. I hate driving my regular car for long for long distances. I'm, no I'm big vehicles. Doing that. So, um, so uh, driving is not something that I'm interested in. So it's something that I probably wouldn't do. But you know, you see a lot of you see a lot of people starting to look into the, to, to the trucking business because it is very lucrative. Um, it's passive income. You know, it's money that you can make while you sleep. But again, there's too many, you know, variables, many variables and, and you're you dependent on somebody else. You're too dependent on somebody like else. A hundred percent of your business is dependent on having a great driver. Yeah. Without that, then you don't have a business. Because you can definitely set up where, you know, you can make as much money as you want. You can make as less money, as, as little money as you want um, based on the routes that you pick. If you if you go straight away from a, a big uh, logistics company like FedEx or UPS or DHL. But um but there's other ways to do it, you know. You know, if you ever get, if we ever get rich enough to buy a plane, you can, you know, <laughs> <laughs> get get a plane and do it that way. Then that way, all you need is a, all you need is a pilot, right? All um, you need is a pilot. <laughs> I mean, there are just so many just it. walking outside right all now. All you need is a pilot. But uh, there's there's, there's different pilot. there's different logistics routes that you can go to. But you know, but I, I I would I would recommend doing it the FedEx route. But again, there's you know every truck that you see on the road, whether it be a small box truck. Um, making vending deliveries, um, UPS or FedEx truck, you know, those are individual business owners and, and they are probably very profitable. So, you know, those are some of the, some of the lessons learned, but what I do it again, the answer is potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Well, how about you? Any business ventures that you drove into? I mean, yeah, definitely for a future episode, we'll talk about what I learned from, uh, a clothing, business venture that I did with uh, my sisters, which was essentially 
um I forgot what do we call it okay I'm blinking right now but um yeah I've gone down that route uh and you know learned some lessons again um something that definitely look forward to sharing um with you guys in a future podcast but you know thanks Jay for sharing what you learned about uh the trucking routes and hopefully our listeners will enjoy this episode and see all the lessons learned it doesn't also just relate to trucking but just overall you know knowing what you're investing in ensuring that you know the insides and out of that particular business understanding um that you know there are some business expenses that you can write off that are definitely worth it so payroll um and understanding uh that you know uh jay alluded to being audited for taxes and we'll definitely have a tax episode to talk about what we've learned um big bad irs man it came (laughs) after me from being audited but also what we're learning as far as filing jointly for the first time this year um as we get some insight about that so thanks for tuning in this week thanks for listening thank you for tuning in to the blended creole podcast always remember to stay firmly rooted in faith and dream as if you will live forever and live as if you will die tomorrow Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you enjoy listening to podcasts. Tune in next week to hear more.